Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. We've all been guilty. You see something one of your friends is doing or buying and you just, you want it too. 
Or what about that new piece of clothing you've been drooling for and then just suddenly an ad pops up on a social platform and you take it as, okay, that has to be the sign that you should probably go ahead and buy it. FOMO spending is a real thing and it could be really hurting your bank account without you even knowing it. I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking get your FOMO spending in shape this year with Maisie Simpson from Credit Karma. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. This episode of Millennial Money is brought to you by Lincoln. Stay tuned to hear more about the well-connected 2019 Lincoln MKC. You're not going to want to miss this. Now on to the podcast episode. So we have a great Ask Shauna question that came in from Greg, and I just had to share this one with you. I love it when your questions actually parallel or feed right into an episode. It, uh, it's just such a great way to tie the two things together. So this came from Greg, and Greg says, Hey, Shauna, three cheers to the podcast that has helped me change so many things with my finances this last year. I've tried to list them all, but here are just a few things that came to my mind. I paid off $27,500 on my student loans this year, and it's blowing my mind. I finally understand how to budget my money and track my spending, and I've been able to do each month what you say, find money in my bank account. So it actually does work. I've saved $18,000 towards a down payment on a condo I want to buy next year. I'm in a much better relationship with my partner, and we actually openly talk about money without fighting. Go figure. I'm contributing the max to my 401k and I love the deduction and seeing my portfolio grow. And I realized that my family always had a negative approach to spending money, so I grew up thinking I didn't deserve to spend money. I make well over $100,000 a year and I was living well under my means but not having any fun. I don't know how to explain it, but you've helped me see that I need to match my bank account with the life vision. So I really started to think about it this year and I wanted to travel. So we started traveling and having some fun, all while making these good money decisions. And I honestly feel so happy now about myself. It's like you just turned on a light switch, like you poured some magic out on me that I can't really explain to anybody. But if you've seen powerful changes from listening to the podcast, you know what I'm talking about. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. My question though, and this may seem silly, but my partner and I were talking about the idea of spending to keep up with the Jones. How would you even uncover if you were doing this? Again, this may sound like a silly question given all the things I just let you know about my life, but I thought, why not ask it? So Greg, I don't even know where to start with this. First off, there are no silly, no stupid questions. I love every question. I think they're fun. And all these different ways to to think about money, it just shows us how how we all translate, I think, money so differently and have these great conversations. And super congratulations on all of this headway. That is is quite an achievement. I think you deserve definitely a gold star. It's proof that when you put your mind to it, you can actually achieve great things. And 
you know, I don't want somebody listening maybe to judge themselves against what Greg has achieved this year if you've not achieved as much. Who cares? As long as you've achieved something, even if it's just thinking about money a little bit differently, or maybe you have conversations with your spouse or your partner, or maybe you just set up your first retirement account or savings account, those are all huge wins. Those are all big things because they're big things moving you forward. And if we're going to talk about this idea of keeping up with the Jones and FOMO spending on the episode today, we have to also talk about we can't compare ourselves with everybody else. And this is something that I have been so guilty of in my past, in my early 20s. I was like, you know what? I got to I gotta buy a house before everybody else. And I, I always have to up-level my car. I have to get a better car and then, then a better car and then a better car and better vacations. And I was just in this really bad trap of thinking that everything had to be better and that you always had to move upwards and steps up and it just, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. And for me, what I realized was, okay, that didn't actually match the vision of life that I had. And I was just doing those things in order to do them. They definitely, definitely did not make me happier. They didn't make me feel more fulfilled. I didn't necessarily feel successful. I just felt like I got a lot of things. And at the end of the day, those things got me nowhere. Uh, so that's just my own personal take on that. And we're all going to have different takes. I mean, I I love things. I'm never going to say don't do things, don't buy things, don't go places because I'm going to be the first one that's going to get in that line to do that. I spend a lot of money on travel and on experiences and on eating out and those things that are just important to us. So we we make room in the budget for those things and you're going to have your own things, the things that really matter to you, that make you come alive, that make you excited. And yes, you need to have fun just like Greg realized. I had I had just read an article earlier today about it was talking about all the things that you should give up if you want to be wealthy and it was things like your cell phone and your cable and going out and I just I don't get it. Yes, you need to watch your spending but you also have to live. You just have to not do it at the expense of achieving your money goals. So you you, you have to also be putting your mindset and putting your money towards those goals and, and always it's a constant cycle of staying on top of your finances, staying on top of your spending. And when you give it an inch, when you when you don't focus on it for a while, then things start to get a little crazy. And then, you know, you can find yourself at the end of the year just freaking out because you haven't done all the things that you really wanted to do during the year. So that's why I'm always a fan of just little by little, day by day, bit by bit. And then it be, doesn't become overwhelming. It becomes something that you can, you can really stay on top of and you can make it fun. You can make it exciting. You can make it something that you look forward to because you are smashing all these goals. Even if they're tiny, tiny things, you're doing it. You're still doing it. So I think one of the most powerful ways to, to think about when you're when you're buying something, this is what I do, is I just create a need versus want category list. I just keep a Excel document that literally has a tab of needs and has a tab of wants. And whenever I get something, I'll just cross it off or add on to the list. And I'm, I'm always checking it. So if I buy something, 
and let's say it's like a hundred dollars that it's it's a want item, something that I want. I'm always thinking about what am I giving up on my goals list, or better yet, what could I do with that hundred bucks to to further the goal? Could it powerfully help that goal, or am I like, okay, I want this thing, it's a hundred bucks, and I don't care. I'm going to move it over to the need item <laughs> list, and I'm just going to go ahead and buy it. And that may seem really simplistic, but you can come up with your own version of this for you. So you can always check against whether you're buying something just to FOMO spend or to to keep up with the Jones, or you're buying something that you actually really need or want that's going to be impactful to you. And sometimes, you know what, you're going to fall into the trap and we're all we're all guilty of it. We're all going to buy things because our friend has it or our spouse or our boyfriend or girlfriend. Ah, who cares? Cut yourself some slack. But generally speaking, if you can kind of check yourself a little bit, it's, uh, it's going to help you in the long run. Make sure that you're not overspending in these areas. And of course, that just that rolls into the idea of, of FOMO spending and Maisie Simpson is joining us on this episode. She is Credit Karma's data and news editor, and she produces stories that really help simplify and humanize the oftentimes, most oftentimes, intimidating world of money and finance. And she's a millennial herself, listener of the podcast, and wow, she has some amazing tips to share. Like, did you know that Americans are spending $100 billion more on home mortgages than we need to? What? A hundred billion dollars more than we need to? Okay, we need to find this out. So let's find out how to get FOMO spending in shape before the end of the year together. So I wanted to start out talking about this idea of FOMO spending, which is certainly something that I think we all have a habit of doing occasionally. But in your opinion, you know, how does FOMO spending impact our finances, particularly when we're thinking about our credit scores? Yeah. So to give a little context, um, we ran a credit karma, ran a survey earlier this year and found that nearly 40% of millennials are going into debt to keep up with their friends. So that's, that's a something we call FOMO spending fear of missing out. And it's an easy trap to fall into. Um, in fact, another survey we ran recently found that uh, 40% of social media users say they're more likely to purchase things they see on social media when a friend or an influencer po- uh, posts something. Um, so it's definitely something we're dealing with. And I think it's something we don't really want to talk about Um Nearly three quarters of the people we surveyed um, who are overspending to keep up with their friends actually keep it a secret from them. And I think that's all, yeah, and I think that's all rooted in this fear of judgment and this fear of being open about our finances with our friends, with our family. Um, and when that when that comes into play, you know, when I don't know my friends' credit scores, when I don't know their finances, it makes it really hard to know when to stop my own spending um, and to what what kind of goals to set for myself. Um, so I do think that, and this is something you've talked about your show on the uh, before, is that if we were more open about our credit scores, if we if we made it more of a regular occurrence to talk about our finances, then maybe having that insight would help us make better, wiser decisions in our own finances. That's such a good point. Okay, so I have to ask. What is one of your guiltiest FOMO splurges? 
Sure. I think uh, for me and for many of my other friends, my guiltiest FOMO splurging has to do with clothing. Um, <laughs> particularly in our office, we have very fashionable women, I think more so than other offices. And we, I mean, people are constantly talking about the stores they're shopping at, the ads that they're seeing on Instagram. And when you start you know, looking into different brands and clothes on those pages, the internet finds out, Instagram finds out, they're going to start targeting you with those ads and related ads. And it can be really hard when you're scrolling through to say, no, I'm just going to keep scrolling. I don't need to click it on this super cute sweater, but sometimes you do it. And I have to say, that's one of my, uh, that's one of my FOMO vices. <laughs> I think I'm right there with you. And it is really scary when you're like talking about something and then all of a sudden you check your your app or your Instagram and you see an ad for that thing. And it's like, wait a minute, this is getting far too creepy for my for my taste. Uh, very creepy. Yes. <laughs> so I talk about this all the time on the podcast and you alluded to this a little bit, but I'd love to know what, what you think, you know, the, the connection between your brain, how you think about your money. And, and what is actually going on in your finances? Is there a way we can work to overcome those money mindsets or maybe those habits or patterns that we don't even necessarily know that are there, but maybe they're influencing our finances, our credit score, and even achieving big goals? Sure. Um, you know, I think it all comes down to just being honest and being a little bit more open with the people that you trust. Um, one way we recommend to avoid... FOMO spending and FOMO debt in particular is to be honest with the people you're getting that feeling of FOMO from. There's really no reason to be ashamed of being unable to afford a night out, a pricey trip, um, maybe an expensive gift. Again, nearly three quarters of millennials are who overspend to keep up with their friends are keeping it a secret. So odds are your friends are probably keeping it a secret from you as well. So you being more open with them might prompt them to be more open with you as well. And it could be as simple as saying to your friends, hey, I'm going to pass on going out tonight because it's not in my budget right now. And you might be surprised to learn that they feel the same way as you do, which could prompt a conversation around, you know, finding free alternatives of things to do together instead of having big nights out or spending a lot of money going shopping. Um, so that's that's kind of a way I think as simple as just being open and honest is a really strong and powerful way to combat um, that overspending that's not always super necessary. And why do you think we I mean, it seems obvious, I guess, but why do you think we don't like to talk about our spending or even our, our money goals with our friends, certainly FOMO spending? Do you think it's that that we all kind of come like built in with like a chip in us where we feel like we should feel guilty for the things we're buying? No, you know what? I think it's actually rooted more so in kind of a shame around around spending and feeling shame around what you're purchasing. Um, and again, all of that is wrapped up in this secrecy that we feel that we have to have around money. Um, so more so than anything competitive or or guilt. I think it's, it's this feeling that I don't know what my friends are making. I don't know what, how much money they have to spend on this stuff. I don't want to appear as if 
I'm not making the same amount or I can't afford to do the things that they're doing. So I'm not, I'm just going to go along with it. Um, I'm just going to go along with it and, and hope that, you know, they don't, they don't notice. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think that makes, that makes sense. It's really interesting to to talk to people about it because again, I think you think it's like an obvious answer and yet it's something we don't do. We don't sit around with our friends and talk about these things. But when we do, or at least I've noticed when I do, it helps break down the walls with other people and then they start sharing and then you start getting a healthy dialogue about things. And not that it necessarily changes anything, but I think it 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 takes a little bit of like burden and pressure off people. Have you have you noticed that as well? Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I've noticed that even in my personal life. My friends and I have gotten a lot better about being more open, open about finances and spending and and it's a noticeable change i i don't feel pressured by them to spend and i'm hoping i'm not making them feel um pressured either <laughs> maybe a little pressure is not bad but you know i'm just kidding <laughs> competition between friends <laughs> exactly and we're we're gearing up for the holiday season which i can hardly believe but i think this is a time when we thinking about our credit score at least when we're going to the new year certainly we're we have credit score on the mind. Uh, what do you think we could do now? Is there anything we could do now before the end of the year where we could better our score, maybe get us in a better position so that when we roll into the new year, we're ready to maybe not do so much FOMO spending and, and focus on those big goals we have? Can a vehicle connect the inside with the outside world? Introducing the well-connected 2019 Lincoln MKC, equipped with a 4G LTE Wi-Fi hotspot that allows up to 10 devices to connect at once through Lincoln Connect. Learn more at lincoln.com slash Wondery. Available via iPhone with Sync 3 with software version 3.0. Commands may vary by phone and app link software. Don't drive while distracted. Use voice-operated systems when possible. Don't use handheld devices while driving iPhone is a trademark of Apple Inc. registered in the U.S. and other countries. Sure. So as we all know, end of year can be a really crazy time for your finances. Uh, Your end of year money goals are hard because they inevitably run up and compete against the holidays and all the spending and debt that comes along with that time of year. But there are ways to meet those end of year money goals, such as raising your credit score and stay within your budget for the holidays at the same time. In fact, um, the holidays can actually be a really good opportunity to jumpstart some of the financial steps you've been meaning to take all year. In other words, you can actually take advantage of the holiday season, use it to step back, reassess or create a budget, and then take the necessary steps to meet your money goals. So we've run surveys and found out that 63% of people when they holiday shop will use a credit card. Now, this can be a bad thing if people are using credit cards to rack up debt that they can't cover down the line. That is not something we would ever recommend somebody doing. But if you can use your credit card responsibly, make sure you are not spending more than you have in the bank that you can cover, you can actually use the holidays and spending around the holidays to your benefit. So if you put purchases on a credit card and you know you can go back and pay those off when the statement comes in, 
that might actually translate into a healthy bump for your score moving into the the new year in 2019. Um, so that's just one way you can you can almost take advantage of the holiday season, which is usually associated with a lot of stress and debt and, oh my God, I have to buy this. It doesn't have to be like that if you have a good sense of where you are financially. If you, if you know how to use your credit cards responsibly, you can actually use it to your benefit. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. 
I'm sorry, but I have the best dog ever. Her name is Winnie Stardust. She is a mini golden mountain doodle full of life, and I would do just about anything to keep her happy, healthy, and safe. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family and you want to do the best for them, but vet bills can really add up. We jokingly keep telling Winnie she needs to get a job to pay for her vet bill. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customized accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping to ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you are least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independent American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer, is not engaged in the business of insurance. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. That makes total sense. And I wanted to ask you, I've gotten a question in different variations from a lot of listeners over the last couple of months. And I thought it would be interesting to get your take. Uh, The number one question I think I get asked really is, why should I worry about my credit score? If I don't want to buy a house soon, I don't want to buy a car soon. Why does this credit score thing even matter to me? I'm just going about living my life. And yeah, I know I may not have the best score, but I don't really see how it's working against me. What would you say to that? Yeah. So the way we think about it at Credit Karma, you know, we are the free credit score company and that's how we're known. But today we're doing a lot more beyond credit scores because at the end of the day, your credit score is a means to an end. Um, In other words, how can you think about, sure, you're improving your credit scores, but that's that's not the end goal. There's another step to that story. what can your credit scores unlock for you? How can you switch that thinking? Can you, if you improve your credit scores, can that get you a better credit card? Probably, yes. With a better APR, yes. 
could you get a better interest rate on a loan or your mortgage? Probably yes. So these are all the things that you build your credit score to be able to do. And that's why credit scores and keeping track of your credit scores is really um, is really important, not only because you're trying, it's like a game and you're competing against your friends to raise your credit scores. At the end of the day, this is something that is going to unlock financial progress for yourself. That's a really good point. And what about if somebody's sitting with a negative credit score and no matter what they do, they can't figure out how to raise it, even using your app and all the tools you have, are there any tips you have for someone who's who's looking to get, you know, significant point jump, is there something, some area of their credit score they should really be paying attention to? Sure. So when we're talking about somebody who doesn't have a credit score, um, which, which is known in the industry as a thin file, um, one of the easiest things you can do, or at least uh, low hanging fruit steps you can take is to apply for a secured credit card. And what a secured credit card does, um, it requires you to lay down some uh, deposit as collateral. So let's say that's about $200. And then you have $200 on that card to spend and then pay off. And as long as you're paying it off on time and hopefully in full, that payment is being reported to the three major credit bureaus and will be reflected in your credit score. So that's kind of a low risk way you can enter into the credit system, build a score for yourself so that hopefully as you you increase your score and you start building it, you can then apply for the next step um, in the financial product world, which would be an unsecured card, and you can keep building your credit that way. Um, another thing you can do is apply to be an authorized user on a card or an account of an established uh, credit, uh, someone with an established credit score. So say someone like your parents, you can go to the bank and ask to be signed on as an, uh, an authorized user. And as long as that account is in good standing, that will be um, hopefully reported in your credit scores as well. So that's another way you can build credit if uh, you're finding that you can't, you can't really nudge yours forward. Those are great tips. I love that advice. Is there any time length that you need to say if you went the secured credit card route? Is it three months, six months, or does it just depend on your own personal credit history of how long you would need to be on that before maybe then you could jump into a regular credit card or really see a boost in your score? You know, it's going to depend on the user. It's going to depend on how they're using the card. Um, something to pay attention to is your credit utilization. Um, so make sure you're not, in addition to paying off that card, make sure you're not using too much of that card. Um, the more you're able to do that and pay attention to all the factors that are affecting your score, um, that should translate to a better score for you, though the timeline is going to vary for everyone. Yeah, that makes sense. And do you see at, at Credit Karma, do you see the holidays fraud on the increase when it comes to credit around the holidays? Is that a particular time where uh, things start happening for people or is it really all year long? You know, we don't have any hard data around whether fraud or theft, ID theft goes up around the holidays, but because spending does increase and we've seen that and that's proven, odds are that 
ID theft is more prevalent and, and fraud is going to be more prevalent. So it's something you're going to want to pay attention to. Um, Credit Karma actually offers free identity monitoring that you can sign up for, no strings attached. You um, Credit Karma, when you sign up for the service, will send you an email if your information is exposed in something like a data breach um, so that you can stay on top of fraud or ID theft around the holidays, if you're worried that that's something you might be more susceptible to during that time of the year. Yeah, I figured you might not have any any hard data around that. But I was just curious because, I mean, th- that's the time when I've had fraud on my account. That time and then when I whenever I travel to Europe, it always happens. I, I don't know why, but every single time it happens. So I was super curious about that. But you talked about how at Credit Karma... You guys are doing a lot to really help customers ease burdens they feel. You know, they're just struggling to make ends meet. They're just struggling to live paycheck to paycheck to to achieve some of these goals. What are some of the other ways that you guys are really working to to help your customers better their situation? Yeah. So one thing we've rolled out recently that we're actually really excited about um, is a new feature called Marketplace, um, which you can see right under your credit score summary in the app. Um, In Marketplace, this experience, without impacting your score, you can shop around for the best financial products for your situation. So that's anything from personal loans to credit cards to car loans and insurance to mortgage loans. And I think one thing people don't tend to do is revisit their larger recurring costs to see if they can get better, better deals. And and it's a way you can cut out some major expenses in your life so that you have the freedom to make financial progress. Um, But people just tend to accept their larger recurring costs, things like car insurance, interest rates, credit card APRs as things that just are the way they are. So we lock ourselves into certain rates because maybe a friend or family member recommended the product or service and we don't typically think, you know, hey, this is actually something I can or should shop around for. And after the fact, once we actually have the product or service and the bills are coming in, we typically don't think, oh, hey, well now maybe I could go shop around and get a better deal on this. Maybe I should shop around for a better rate. Um, and I think that is particularly prevalent um, and particularly harmful to people in low income brackets who who might just be accepting things the way that they are. Um, and so by building out marketplace um, and and being introducing this level of transparency to the market, communicating to our members that, hey, you do have these options. You are a customer. You can shop around. We're hoping that will empower people to take their financial situations into their own hands to see how they can save money on those bigger costs. Again, freeing up um, their ability to make financial progress in an upward direction. That's so powerful. I mean, I talk about that all the time on the podcast, and I think there's a real fear that a lot of people have of of negotiating or of asking for a better deal. But I mean, really, honestly, every single expense you have is, is fair game, right? I mean, you can call and try to get your credit card interest rate lowered. You can call to get your better internet package or whatever it may be. Are you seeing people utilize this in powerful ways? You know, it's new. So again, we don't have any hard stats in yet, but we are hoping and we are confident that this will be an industry industry first in the way that it adds transparency to the market. And again, communicates to people that you do have these options, because like you said, people 
don't necessarily know or think about themselves as customers in this market. They they might feel that the the financial industry is purposefully confusing or clouded so that they are tricked into signing up for certain things. And we don't want people to feel like that. And this uh, this marketplace uh, tool is a way for us to combat that that mindset and help people switch into a mindset where, you know, they, they feel more empowered to make a choice. That's so powerful. I mean, I just... I wish everybody would utilize that, whether they utilize your tool or they do it themselves. The amount of money that I've been able to save myself by just doing those little things on kind of a continuous basis, I think would really shock people. But it's money then that I can redirect towards other stuff that I love to do or towards my shopping and eating out habits. (laughs) Yeah. So one thing we do know actually is that in America, and this is kind of insane, Americans are paying $37 billion more on their auto loans than they could or should be. And no when way. It, yes. And when, they're, when it comes to mortgages, Americans are paying $100 billion more than they should be. And when we, when we saw that, I mean, we were, we were shocked. Uh, we did. We had no idea that the problem was this prevalent, and and that's why we're so excited about this marketplace tool because it's specifically designed to let people know that hey, you should not be paying this much on this loan, and you have the power to make a choice and to switch into something that's going to work better for you. That is just blowing my mind. I mean, even just looking at those two things makes you think about, okay, what else are we significantly overpaying for that we don't have to be? That's just crazy. Yeah. And I mean, speaking from personal experience as well, I recently used Marketplace myself to shop around for better car insurance because I recently moved to San Francisco and it shot my rates up like tenfold. It was horrible. So I went into Marketplace. I found that I signed up with new car insurance and I'm now saving around 30 extra dollars a month, which doesn't sound like a lot. But over the course of the year, that tallies up to 360 extra dollars in my pocket, which is pretty impactful, especially at times like these around the holidays where I need some extra change in my pocket to buy gifts. Um, That's where I really see it come into play. That's so powerful. I love that. So if if you could give listeners one takeaway to think about in terms of FOMO spending for the holidays, what do you think it would be? What what should they just have like one nugget to keep in their heads as they roll into to the holidays? Sure. So I think one of the most effective things you can do if you feel yourself being susceptible to FOMO spending, you maybe you feel like you can't stop. The best thing you can do, honestly, is limit your card use around your friends. Leave your credit cards at home when you hang out with your friends. More than half of millennials, we found, use credit cards to pay for their FOMO spending. So, it, But you know, if you can't afford to pay that credit card bill in full and on time each month, you could be hit with expensive interest charges, especially since they're going up right now, that can really add up over time. Carrying a balance can be, if you're not paying it off, can be detrimental to your score. So if you feel like you can't resist the temptation, then 
disarm yourself from being able to to give in. Um, bring cash with you. The the more tangible your spending is, and you can see cash coming out of your pocket and going into the register, the more you're going to be aware of your spending, and will be able to uh, kind of combat that feel, feeling of FOMO spending because it's all of a sudden you just you just can't. I love that. So uh, one last question I have to ask you. So do all your friends come to you with credit score questions? <laughs> uh, yes. And now my parents as well. <laughs> <laughs> so you're now like the encyclopedia for, for how to better my credit score. For better or for worse. Yes, that is the case now. <laughs> I love it. Well, Maisie, this has been fantastic. Tell the listeners um, where they can go to connect with Credit Karma, to download the app, all that good stuff. You can learn more about Credit Karma or sign up at creditkarma.com, or you can just search for Credit Karma in the App Store and download it there. Big thanks again to Lincoln for sponsoring this episode of Millennial Money Podcast. Want to learn more about the awesome WellConnected 2019 Lincoln MKC? I bet you do. Head on over to lincoln.com slash Wondery and join us back here next Tuesday for a fresh episode of Millennial Money Podcast.